You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Thomas Nestrom here. Uh, I guess the host of the podcast, if if I choose to show up, if I choose to be healthy. Well, look who decided to show up tonight. Feeling a little bit better. Sorry, but I lived, bitch. <laughs> Damn. Thank God, too. I just, we, were, we were without direction, as you can tell from the end <laughs> of the last pod. There were so many things as I was listening and editing that with 102 fever, trying to get that shit out as quick as possible. I was listening to things and and I think I told you guys like I typically when we record I take some notes or like little editing things or whatever and I've caught myself like writing shit down like I was about to chime in and respond. It took everything I had not to like chime in and respond on Ian when he was ejaculating about Stud thick. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> it was so much. It was just so Stop much. right there. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just glad to be back and get to talk a little bit of hockey. Preseason's done, so we could put a little bow on that. But somebody wanted to say a little something for Carey Price today, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and let Andrew take that. For those who don't know, uh, Montreal Canadiens goaltender Carey Price was admitted into the uh, player assistance program for the NHL, uh, which deals with mental health betterment and various abnormalities, I guess you could call it, drugs, alcohol, mental health, whatever. We don't know what it's for. And frankly, it's not our business. But anybody who during the season takes control of their own mental health and realizes I need help is a champion in my eyes. So hats off to Carrie Price for realizing that something was wrong and it needed to be addressed. You maybe you may be a you may be a rival in this sport, but there are some things that are much bigger than the sport. And Carey Price has become become a favorite around here, you know, begrudging respect sort of thing. So, Carey, get well soon, dude. Yeah, and if I could add to that, Carey Price, the difficulty it must be to do that when you know your name is one of the biggest names in Canada. Like you are the guy in Canada and to be able to check yourself in knowing the news is going to spread. I mean, I, I honestly do think it's a brave thing to just, and yes, if you need help, you should always do that. I think this is actually going to convince a lot of people to take their mental health more seriously. I'm yeah. Just kudos, man. Yeah. Second halves player to do so. Uh, Jonathan Drouin also did it earlier this season. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So same to Duran then. <clears throat> if we've learned anything in the last, what, 20 something months, of mm-hmm. this pandemic and everybody kind of the the slow increase of some mental health issues it is that the stigma needs to go away luckily i didn't see a lot of people tweeting today negative things about him 
uh, his wife put out a statement that was perfectly written. Mm-hmm. It is, it's important for, like Ian just said, big names to come out and say something and, and do the right thing and set an example because unfortunately there's still a lot of stigma. Especially in this sport where there is such a gladiatorial suck it up cupcake kind of mentality that's still very prevalent around the sport itself. Yep. But so good on Carey Price. Uh, we should all be proud of him for making this move. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've, we wrapped the preseason and it went by really quick. We've, we've been talking about the preseason games for two months now, and it feels like they just went by in a flash. What's your immediate impressions of this team? Good, but some holes. So basically for everything we said that it would be, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a little disappointed about a couple of things. Uh, chief among them being it appearing that Jackson Nika is going to start in the AHL. And there's good reason for it. I know it's a business. We, we talked about this last week, but you kind of hope sometimes that there was a little bit more of a meritocracy involved here. Stenika did everything that he was asked. I said last week, I, I, I've said that he had a good preseason the first two games and he had to have a great one. He had a great last two games. And I thought he did enough to earn being on the opening night roster. I think that was my biggest disappointment from the from preseason. If your biggest disappointment is a player playing very well, that's at least a good starting point for the preseason. There are a couple there are a couple of disappointments, but if 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 we're talking disappointments in measured against expectation that's basically the only one i have a couple of player disappointments that either i expected or well no there are just a couple there are a couple player disappointments that i fully expected and they did not disappoint in that way but we'll get to that my biggest disappointment is that jack stunica didn't make the team as a whole to answer your question like as a team i think our top two lines are going to be really good regardless who centers the second line God, that first power play unit. Yeah, the the bottom six is still a question mark to me. That kind of bleeds into Jackson Nico, which I think he was better than all three guys on the third line. So it's a little, I mean, you kind of have to put those guys there, but I don't know. It feels like Stud answered every question he needed to be put in that third line. The defense, the top four, the top four defensive guys all look great. The last two, Cliffy actually looks really solid. And then there's one guy left out on that that I am just not in on. The goaltending is still a question mark, unfortunately. Uh, we'll we'll kind of get there as well. And then special teams should be awesome. I think we could rank top 10 in both special teams this year. Now, Sadika hasn't been officially sent down, correct? Correct. Right, correct. So He's last so, cut. Yeah. So we're, we're assuming that's definitely going to happen. Is there any inkling in your mind whatsoever or any scenario where you can see him actually still making the team. Only injury. Yeah. If, because of the last showcase, which had Olmark starting instead of Swayman, which was kind of interesting to me, uh, everyone played well enough to be like, all right, this is our starting night roster. And again, it makes all the sense of the world because Stanika can go up and down and not have to worry about waivers. But he outplayed everyone in the bottom six. Yep. All of them. And I don't want to put them on the fourth line, but I do want to put them on the third, but who do you bump? 
it's it's an unfortunate situation for him because of the availability to bump him down to Providence and back. Mm-hmm. If that wasn't the case, I think he makes this team, or at least you, we can have a very strong argument. As as far as the goaltending goes, so earlier in the preseason, I said that the best case scenario for uh, Swayman was for him to come out and win the win the job. That's not necessarily what I think the best case for the team is. I think my point back then was that the best case scenario is Olmark comes in, does the job, but Swayman pushes. I'm not saying Olmark lost the job in preseason because it's just fucking preseason, but it is really irritating to me to see how many people are already so down on Olmark before they've actually seen him in a regular season game with consistent defensive pairings in front of him who know how to play together. It's, I've, I've been very irritated with Bruins Twitter the last couple of days regarding Olmark. I don't know how you guys feel about him. I'm obviously we're we're organizationally we're kind of all in on him right now. Yeah. And, and and I don't mean as somebody who's gonna play eighty five percent of the games. We're all in on him getting consistent playing time and probably doing a pretty good split with Swayman. That's best case scenario. Let's keep both of these guys healthy and make a fucking run. This is gonna be the first full season that these guys have played. Now this will be the third year. You know what I mean? Like this, it's been a long time since these guys have played 80 plus games. I think that a lot of Bruins Twitter was so eager to bump Allmark down because he wasn't Jeremy Swayman. You see a lot of the sway is the way as that seems to be the prevailing line. And did Allmark have a good preseason? No. He's also played seven and a half preseason periods since April 13th coming off of an injury. Let's, let's calm that down a little bit. Yep. There are some points where he, there are some points where he's looked good, but I still think there is maybe a little bit of rust that he's shaking off. I'm not down. I'm not down on him on any stretch of the imagination. I think he was worth the contract and guys remember he took less money to come here. There were teams offering him more money to go there, but he came here instead. And what would be an inspiration for that? The team telling him, "Hey, we're gonna get you some playing time. Yes. You're gonna play. Impl- you're gonna play important hockey because he hasn't done that." There's two things that are very evident from his preseason games. One, he is not Tuukka Rask or Jeremy Swayman. His style is closer to a Vladar type, where he is very leggy. He likes to move, and he moves a lot. He's also a very big guy, so that movement means his openings. That is a goalie coach thing. We know he has the talent. That's the first evident thing is his style is much different than what we are used to seeing. So immediately he's going to look air quotes worse. Now I have been vocal that he's been struggling in some areas. The other thing is he very clearly doesn't know our system yet because he can be calmer in moments where he's still flailing because I think he still kind of thinks that Buffalo's in front of him and everything's going to get you through. <laughs> I don't even yeah. mean that to be rude. I really don't. I have shit on <laughs> Buffalo enough today. I don't, it's been, I'm sorry, Buffalo. I have had. Anyway. That was a fantastic open on your latest video, by the way. Very letter, letter Kenny ish. <laughs> They're not even involved. And I'm just <laughs> killing them with this, but he is moving so much at times where you go, just move your head to track the puck, bud. You've got three Bruins in front of you ready to block the shot. Mm. Like, wait till they move that puck. 
he had a little bit of unluckiness on a couple of his goals. Uh, but for the most part, he has to learn to settle a little bit. So, yes, you can be worried. You can absolutely be worried about what our goaltending is going into the season. Like, how much time do you give him before you start to worry, I guess? I have an eight-game rule. Give me, give, me, give me eight games. If by game nine, if by game nine he's still, if he's sporting, like, you know, sub nine, sub nine over three GAA, sub nine state percentage over three GAA, I'll start to be concerned. Yeah. I'm not concerned just yet though, because again, these are pre these are preseason games. He's still learning the system. Like you said, Ian, he's kind of got PTSD from in uh, Sabres, like the defense just dying in front of him, you know, Ristolainen. Ristolainen. <laughs> 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 now Carter he's Derek Hart, Hart, That's your problem now. Uh, but yeah, I'm not like I'm. I I think he's. I think he's worth four years, twenty million. And people in the NHL think he's worth. Thought he was worth more. Mm-hmm. There's there's talent there. He's shown it. He just he needs he needs to settle down, and he needs to. Like you said, not be as leggy, not be as Muay Thai, eight limbs everywhere kind of thing. Um, I worry because he hasn't made the big save yet, as far as I've seen. Mm-hmm. The one where we just need one save to really keep us in the lead or keep us in the game. And again, very small sample size, but breakaways tend to go in. And I know that's not fair where you're like, hey, well, the defense isn't. Well, it's because we want to swim and stop them all. <laughs> right. But you do have to stop some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and right. He's not really stopping any of them. No. There's pucks that you kind of go, hey, that puck has eyes. But then you also go, yeah, but they're just getting through. Just, there's too many that are just getting through. Mm-hmm. I'm really high on Allmark. I'm very excited about the signing. I think he's going to be really good. I am going to admit it's a rocky start. And I, it hasn't built confidence mm-hmm. in that. And I think that's oh. okay. I think it coincides with the fact that Swayman has been so brilliant in the preseason. So good. And people are looking at him, but like you also have to kind of compare the starts. And but like Andrew just said, mid-November, if we're still kind of having this conversation, at that point maybe we're just talking about Swayman's the guy, and that's fine. Olmark is getting more than your normal, but this is like more than your normal starts. But we've talked about this before on the podcast. It's not really like a one and a two anymore. It's kind of a one A and a one B. Like it's that's not what the sport is anymore. No, yeah. it's it's the the game has changed, and you need an excellent backup. Like you need a great tandem, because you can't expect a dude to roll out there sometimes four times a week, and perform at that level all the way through the season into meaningful hockey games. And I know I've just said that, but this is a team that should be built for the playoffs. You have to kind of kind of have to cradle it to a point if you want to be healthy in the playoffs. Because let's be honest. You get to the Stanley Cup, it's the hottest team and the healthiest team. That's who wins the fucking cup every year. And not for nothing, to Thomas, to your point, even if Swayman is the game one starter, but that's but we're we're spending less than six million dollars in goaltending, guys. Like yeah. we are we are in we are in the black when it comes to in, in terms of you see some of the money that some of these other teams are plunking down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we sign Swayman, we'll probably still be below half the league in goaltending spending. That would be that, that that's the swingiest right there. I think we will be. I really do think we will be. So who is your October 16th 
at TD Garden against the Dallas Stars starter in net. Eight days away, I'm going to say at this moment, I would, I would probably say Swayman should get it. But I think from a confidence standpoint, from a establish the roles standpoint, you give it to Olmark. So I'm gonna. I would go with Olmark just from a long-term perspective. I would say Swayman in Game One, but Thomas, you pretty much echoed my sentiments. I think they're gonna look at establishing their roles, establishing their roles early and often. And I think Game One starter ends up being Linus Olmark. I would start Swayman for the first two games, which are against the Stars and the Flyers. And then we have the Sabres and Sharks. I would throw Olmark in. You want to build confidence? There we go. That's a good (laughs) idea. That's not bad. Okay. I wouldn't also be opposed to the idea of going one and one, one and one, like Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Like we're we're playing, what, five, six games all of October? Uh, Seven. Seven. Somebody gets four, somebody gets three. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think we all imagined anyway is the yeah. nine, six, eight, yeah. seven split yep. throughout the throughout the month. And unlike unlike in football, when you have if you have two quarterbacks, you actually have none. If you have two goalies, you have two goalies. Yeah. 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 That's math, everybody. Mm-hmm. That's math. I love math. M-A-F-F. Let's talk about some of these other preseason thoughts, can we? I, we, we I need a long to hear, time the goalies. I need to hear your guys take on one Trent Frederick. I want to go first. I want to go first because <laughs> I have to eat some crow. Yep. Uh, I was not out on Frederick to start the preseason, but I was frustrated because I was aware what I was about to watch. And in the first game I saw him in the preseason, I was like, yep, there's Freddie. You are not a game changer. I don't even need to be a game changer, but you're not helping your case at all. He got better with every shift throughout the preseason. His last two games were his best two games. He That line with Nosek and Lazar still needs to gel, but he has improved and simplified his game. And the simplification is such a hard thing to teach younger people to just calm it down and do the little things right. And I think he really has. That first pass is looking better. The forecheck is looking better. The penalty kill is really nice. I am... All in on Frederick starting the fourth line game one. I he deserved that spot. I will say, in spite of Ian being correct on every single point here, that I did notice on the first Capitals goal, Freddie's man was the trailer, which was Kuznetsov, and he just was standing there with his back to Kuznetsov, staring at Olmark in front of the net when there's three people collapsing on him. Frederick Frederick completely lost his man on that one, and. The, Maybe this was me just getting ready to be like, oh, there he is. There, there he fucking is right there. But to your point, Ian, he's been a lot better. He's been a lot better. Um, he's made a couple of solid defensive plays. He's made, he's been noticeable in the four check. He's been, the offense still dies on his stick. Like he's still not great at, facilitating or letting Lazar or Noshek be the best versions of themselves. But facilitating is not his thing. It's, I think if, if Frederick is going to be something in this league right now, it has to be the defensive stalwart of that line. Frederick has to be the, st- the defensive stalwart. 
Don't worry about Frederick Fight Club. Don't worry about being an electric factory. Don't worry about being in anybody's kitchen. Just be play good, simple, responsible hockey. That's all I want from you. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, none of us are accusing him of being this dynamic goal scoring offensive guru. No. That's not his Five value. Five points in 59 games. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but to his credit, specifically the last two games, we saw a lot more out of him. We saw stable playing time, which is something that he needed. He wasn't going to get it at the end of last season because we didn't have the luxury of preseason for him last year. We didn't have the luxury of giving him some extra minutes because every game down the stretch is important. So we knew that we were going to see a lot of him in the preseason. I do agree with Ian. I think he earned the starting fourth-line job. Uh, I don't think he's the odd man out at this moment. I don't think he's going to be starting every game necessarily because I still think he has a lot to earn when it comes to Cassidy's trust. But the the he's trending upward and that is all we can ask for as a fan base. Yes. Please forget that he was a first-round pick. Again, where you're selected and everything isn't your choice. He, he's making the NHL. That's a good pick. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to take it right now. Not every first rounder makes the NHL. He was a late first rounder. Like I'm good with him getting better and being a good fourth line guy, which I didn't think he was at the end of last season. We don't know if he is now, but he's trending that way. Like Donna said, awesome. He very clearly has defensive acumen in his Mm -hmm. game. That's always that. That was a strong suit of his in Wisconsin. It was a strong suit of his in Providence. He was a top. He he was one of the main penalty killers in Providence. A lot of people forget that. He has a really active stick. Really active stick. He he made his hay being being a defense, not a defensive specialist, but concentrating on that part of his game because he's good at it. He's actually good at it. So just just do that. That's all we need from you. Yep. Nosek and Lazar are both good at flying up the wings, grabbing the puck, feeding each other charging the net a little too often for my uh, taste. Like guys, you got to shoot the puck. You can't just ram it into the goalie, hoping it goes in and you don't get goaltender interference. I think that's just Lazar's game. God, it's crazy. Nosek did it twice this preseason too. Like they're just, they're telling them that in camp, go to the front of the net. I don't care where you are. Bump right into the front of the net. I don't give a fuck Mm -hmm. because we saw four different players do it multiple times. I love it. But it's also very scary. Don't hurt anybody, please. Yeah. Oh, we, we love it because we grew up on Nintendo ice hockey. Yeah. Just pick two skinnies, two fats, and just ram it into the fucking goal, and you're good yeah. to go. Yep. <laughs> yep. What's goaltender interference? Never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what's, your, what's your take on Lyle? Not ready for the NHL. Mm-hmm. Has NHL-ready tools. Booming shot, very, very good outlet pass. Did you see that absolutely disgusting outlet pass he, uh, lob pass he made to Marshawn on the penalty kill? Brilliant. brilliant, really good. That was so good. He's very, very aware of his surroundings on the offensive side of the puck. Defensively, he is very not good. <laughs> half half of fair. defense, half of defense is effort, and I don't see the effort with him. On that side Ooh. of the ice, I think that's Ooh, that's interesting. Right yeah. That's interesting. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, just in just in general, like anybody anybody listening who actually plays plays hockey or really plays any sport, play basketball. 
half of being an active and good defender is being active, period. I didn't necessarily see that in Lyle's game in this preseason. Uh, I just speaking with one of my buddies, I'll, I'll leave him nameless right now, but we compared him to an album. He's a record with three or four awesome singles. He's got tools. The B side is just flat. That's a good analogy. He's like not that. a complete record right now. He's just a couple of singles. He needs to put it together. He needs to sit his ass in Providence, practice in that studio, and then come up and show us what he can actually do. That's I love that analogy. And not for nothing, Cassidy made sure to pair him with Matt Grizzlick towards the end of the preseason. Is it because maybe Matt Grizzlick is a responsible, good 200 foot defenseman? Mm-hmm. Well, a little, little bit of a rub. So I think, I think there was two reasons for that. One is God, we need right-handed defensemen. Please work well with Grizzlick on the third line. Please, for the love of God, work well with Grizzlick on the third line. The second one being Lyle's big, big body. Love it. Love the big body. Oh, if eyes rolling could make a sound. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where they, you, they obviously wanted Lyle to succeed. He did spend the early preseason with Vakanainen. And we saw how that went. Yeah. So he literally got like the smallest bowl at the table and then went on to the fucking main course and didn't look good at on either one. Like didn't handle himself well either way. So I am really excited about Lyle next year. We will see reps this year. I am sure of it. Injuries are always part of the Bruins season. I'm not big on him right now. I'm not out on him. He needs 22 years old. Yeah. He needs a full season. And he's going to have more than enough opportunity in Providence. He's going to be a big, big part of Providence's plan. Oh, man, I can't wait for Providence. They're going to be fun. You just touched on Vakaninen, his stock. Where is it to you guys? Because to me, in the preseason, at the end of last season, we were talking a lot about him as a major trade piece. I don't know if we're, we're talking about him in that same light right now. Blockbuster video. That's his stock right now. It is all-time low. I know. He doesn't even know what Blockbuster Video is, man. He doesn't even know what Blockbuster <laughs> Video is, and that should reinforce the point. <laughs> it's, I think he may have had the second or third worst preseason on the Bruins. Anytime he was on the ice, he was noticeable. And for a defenseman, you, that's either really good or really bad. Except for that clapper where he put all of his life frustrations into a face-off win. He was noticeable for other reasons, too. <laughs> like, I don't know. He's has to, he has to, there has to be some sort of upward trajectory happening and soon for him. Because clock's running, clock is definitely running low. And I never was a fan of the pick when it was made. And he's done nothing to assuage that. So I think his stock is low. In terms of stock, he has no stock. But that's okay. He is 22. I think he has a lot of tools. I think he had a really bad preseason. This isn't the year for him to have had to show it to me. He is still developing. 
next year will be more interesting. I honestly don't want to hear his name again, though, this season. Like, I, I don't. I am not out on him. I'm holding on to my Vox stock, but I don't want to hear his name again this season. He's just not ready. He's getting bullied by Capo Caco. I don't, I don't need you to come back on the ice, especially in a Boston Bruins uniform this year. Ian, what did you say about some of the mistakes that he made in the Rangers game? Those I have, the, those I have are, the memory of a goldfish. I cannot. Those are that. mistakes you cannot make in any level of hockey. The problem we had is the awareness and you can't teach awareness. So I am worried about that, but I'm not out. I'm not out on them. I'm not done with them, but I don't want to talk about them again this year. Done. Not saying another word done with Vak. Talk about them next week. So starting next Zach week, Senishin, right? <laughs> starting next week, we're going to have a V nine segment. Yeah. Great. Hey, so how about you want to jump to Froden? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Froden. I, uh, I really think he did everything he could to raise his stock this preseason. He did everything you could have asked for him. He's a fourth line guy. I would feel comfortable calling him up uh, probably the second or third guy for the fourth line. I think Same. it's a fair placement for him. Yeah. Yeah. But that means he's ahead of one of Wagner or Kuhlman. I mean, Steen is my first guy up. Yeah. Uh, but he's right in the mix with those guys. And I'm comfortable with that. I thought he was going to have a harder time adjusting. I thought he was going to look worse. But every game he improved, obviously became more knowledgeable about the space around him. He played in Sweden for so long. I just really impressed, really impressed by what he brought. Definitely a bright spot in the preseason. Yeah, I'd say Definitely so. a bright spot. He was probably my second biggest surprise in this preseason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, he wasn't, he was never going to, he was never going to make the team. I think that was pretty obvious unless he came in and just scored a hat trick every game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that would have been some, but it would have been some, but why the he fuck can't. didn't he do that? Yeah, why did? If I was him, I simply sucks. put three goals in a yeah. game. Like, what? if I was Jesper Froden, I would just simply put the puck in the net. Okay, yeah, analysis. <laughs> but he looked great. He looked great, and not only did he look great, he came in during the prospects challenge and looked be- looked better than not out of place. I mean, I know he was a 26-year-old playing yeah, against people. Say, out, out, of, out of place, meaning like he had a mustache. Yeah, that's correct. Had full <laughs> <beer whiskers. laughs> he was drinking whiskey from the center dot. <laughs> like. Yeah. Y'all kids don't know life yet. He yeah. takes a shot. <laughs> but he did everything you could have possibly asked, asked for him. And he was one of the, he was a long line in what appears to be Sweeney's tradition of out of nowhere, European signings, some, some, well, actually I don't think any of them have truly worked out yet, but I think Froden has the chance to be the best one. There was Kempinen when he first came in and he was not good. There was Lantosi who never really got off the ground. He never really got out of Providence and now there's Froden, but I think Froden has a, the best chance to be a, to actually make some sort of tangible impact in the NHL. He's proven that he's a very quick study. He's, very small, but 
he gets into areas. He's he he gets into dirty areas and he's very unafraid. I think that was one of the biggest things I was very surprised about. I was expecting just like an offensive minded water bug. No, he's a responsible player. But yeah, dirty areas was a way different player than I thought he was. He's responsible. He's he's gonna get good top six time in Providence. He's probably gonna produce. He's probably gonna get a call up. I like it. Yeah. I really like him. There's a yeah. pro element to his game that I wasn't expecting and was pleasantly surprised. I think he's more ready than than a lot of guys who are obviously younger. So age certainly has a lot to do with it. Playing playing in a good hockey league overseas also has a lot to do with it. It's not like he's stepping into something just coming out of mediocre college games or something like that. So Right. Uh, a lot a lot to like. He's definitely on my list. I mean Providence is exciting, man. I'm I'm almost as excited about Providence as I am Boston in general. I love, I love minor league hockey. That's what got me into hockey in the first place. So very excited about that. One thing I'm not excited about though, watching this preseason, Andrew, what was the biggest thing that we bitched about in our first season of short shift? I mean, there was a few. (laughs) The main thing I think we bitched about was the amount of penalties this team was willing to take. Oh, we loved the quality of our special teams, our penalty kill. We were sick of seeing play, it. Whatever. We just don't want to see it all the fucking time. Here mm-hmm. we are again. The first few games of the preseason, I wasn't too concerned about it because it, these were pl- most of these were players that weren't going to make the team. So I'm like, you know, the undisciplined is going to be the order of the day. You're going to see it. Fine. Whatever. The Caps game, the last preseason game we just played was our team. Mm-hmm. Seven penalties yep that was, that's our dress rehearsal and that's that's what we got and that's that's kind of why it's freaking me out right now because i don't want to see another start of the season where we're constantly in the box constantly playing from behind because how many games last year did we go down one nothing in the first and then have to fucking dig ourselves out of a game yeah but to be fair we did take five in the the game before the caps so mm-hmm. you know that's also and, dog and, shit. And, <laughs> we're, I, I understand they're calling that cross check shit a little bit tighter, and by a little bit, I mean like extremely tight. Mm-hmm. And I think Andrew made a comment about it last week on the pod. Like by mid November, end of November, like that's probably going to loosen up just a little bit. Or we will adapt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm column A, column B. Definitely. I'm more scared about the adapting because I don't think we ever adapted to that last year. I feel like it kind of progressively got worse. Mm taking stupid penalties and just taking penalties in general in times that you shouldn't be taking those penalties. Thomas, why do you think going to be, well, I mean, what scares me is this is not a team that's going to score six goals a night. Like we're not this offensively dynamic team. We have some offensively dynamic players, but it's not often that we light up the scoreboard and then can just sit back and play looser sit back hockey. Mm-hmm. Last year, I felt like I wanted to blame it on some of the youth, some of the inexperience, but I don't know if we can do that necessarily right now because it's not like we're playing 19-year-old kids on this team right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lausanne's gone, and he was one of the main culprits yeah. last year, so we can't blame it. We can't blame it on that. Is it just a aggressive system that Cassidy employs, and that's just sort of a, a sort of a symptom? Like, Ian, what do you think? I hate to be this guy. I do. It's a size issue. It's simply a size issue. And especially if this cross-checking stuff is going to continue, which I don't like how severe they're calling it. Yes, I don't want cross-checking to the face to still exist. 
But how is a bottom six guy supposed to clear out the front of the net against a top line guy? Like Anthony Mantha is just going to feast all fucking year if no one's allowed to move him with a little bit of a jab. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it does change the game to a degree. But to my point, we have a lot of defensemen who are, you know, on the smaller size, which I don't dislike, but they have to really go after people to get the puck away from at times. The more you're using the stick, the more likely to take a penalty. Pasta's going to take his penalties. There's nothing we can do about it at this point. McAvoy is underrated in the dirty category. He's going to take penalties at times. But when you've got guys like Clifton, who's not really all that small, Grizz, Riley, Zaboro, when he gets called up, if these guys are struggling to move anybody, the penalties are just going to get worse. Yep. I just think it's a size thing. Also, our reputation doesn't help really either. Even though we haven't been the big bad Bruins in a while, our reputation certainly doesn't help us. No. Do you still think you still think that's a factor? Nah, I think with a couple of the older refs, it might be. Um, mm-hmm. But you watch these games, and have you ever watched a Bruins game and got done and went, "Wow, that game was called perfectly even," <laughs> even with their bullshit, where they're like, "We got to even out the penalties." Yeah. If they actually called it by the book, you would still see games where you just go, why is this player getting called for this, Marchand, when this guy <laughs> over here is doing the same shit over and over, Sidney Crosby? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. And this is a biased Bruins fan, but I have walked away, and you could go back to my channel and see my reviews. I have walked away, and I have seen Flyers is a perfect example. I have seen the Flyers get called for everything against us while we just got to skate around and do whatever we want. And I was just like, I don't. Like, I love my Bruins. What the fuck is this? This isn't the product I signed up for. I like to be entertained by hockey, not feel dirty because I feel like my team's cheating. Well, I think I think you're making a good point there that the Flyers also have the same reputation, but they're still they're still kind of that team right now. The Flyers are a fucking physical team. They are. Mostly because they're slow as shit, or at least they were last year. And I don't Mr. know what they're going to be this year. They're not going to help that. No, he's not. He's <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> they might be the most penalized team in the NHL. I would, which could lead us to literally missing the playoffs. Thank God our penalty yep. kills should be really good. Yep. I think they really will be good. Cassidy, Cassidy always seems to have really strong special teams. Yeah, yep. who's coaching the penalty kill this year? I don't, know. Kelly? don't I think know. it's Kelly. I think it is Kelly. Yeah, our power play dragged ass the end of last year. Yeah, though, which little, is weird. We've gone down, and our yeah. power play got worse. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, now we have Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, uh, Charlie McAvoy, and Taylor Hall as a Boston Bruin uh, mm-hmm. as our first unit. That I don't is- know how long that lasts. I think mm-hmm. it looks great. I don't know how long it lasts. I think Foligno is going to take over that Hall spot as the guy in front of the net. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I can think of worse roles for him. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm okay with it. Foligno actually looked not old at all in the preseason I he's know a lot talking. faster he's a lot faster than i remember him he looks yeah. like he belongs on this team too yeah he does mm-hmm. that third line did struggle a little bit but they that was their first real game together yeah. so i expect them to, to solidify pretty well. hollow looks like he's been here for five years you want to yeah. talk yeah, about- I'm, I'm convinced i saw Hollow bruins jerseys in 2016 convinced <laughs> Yeah, like it feels absolutely. <laughs> you want to talk about one of the most surprising guys of the preseason? Hollow looked great. Yep, he looked great. I'm really in on Hall of Famer. I'm I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. All about it. Mm-hmm. So should we get in? Should we get into the negative here? Because I feel like there's one negative we've been dancing around that we have mm-hmm. to talk about, right? You're both looking at me like I don't know. 
No, I know, I know what it is. I'm just waiting for it. I'm oh, going to go okay. ahead and smash my mute button because I have nothing to do with this one. I think this is all Andrew right here. So, Andrew, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. Derek Forbort. What um, you <laughs> I don't want to hear his name. <laughs> I will also hit the mute button. Here we go. This man cannot complete a simple outlet pass. This man cannot complete a simple tape to tape deep pass. This man cannot skate out of danger. This man makes is dragging Charlie McAvoy into the sea. I am. I was very lukewarm on the signing when it was made, but I'm like, you know what? Third pairing defenseman. I'm not going to get too worked up over it. And then we heard reports that Forbort and McAvoy were going to be a pair. And I was like, I think that's just Joe Haggerty talking out of his ass. Just, and then Bruce Cass. Hmm? <laughs> so that's just hag hagging. That's yeah. just hag doing hagging and hag things. And then it happened. And I can't wake up, guys. I can't wake up from this. He has not done a goddamn thing. Except maybe penalty kill a little good, a little bit not bad. A little good. (laughs) (laughs) Four board. Four board. Hey, board. (laughs) So um, I was told something amazing today and it devastated me. I made a video about the last game and a longtime listener of the channel goes by Archimedesu on YouTube. Put, wait, did we just get a defensive Nick Ritchie for this season. <laughs> and he's I the slowest skater on the back end I have seen since Chara. And I think he's slower than Chara oh, was. That comment hurt so much because I was so done with Nick Ritchie. And now we have a new one. We have a slower Nick Ritchie. And I'm sad. I'm so sad. This guy was a disaster. I didn't like the signing when it happened. We all called it an overpayment. Mm-hmm. It's three, three million. A year for three years? Three years. I am going to complain about that contract for the next three years. Everyone just be prepared. And I am hopeful that he proves me wrong. He won't prove me wrong on the first pairing. He won't. Because if you drag McAvoy down, even though I'm going to win the Norris bet now, uh, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed. I thought we were done with this. I thought we were done with this McAvoy babysitting experiment. Yeah. Why do we insist? I I understand. I will say this again. Bruce Cassidy has forgotten more about hockey than all three of us combined will ever know. Mm -hmm. I think he's overthinking this. I honestly believe he's overthinking this because I think, I think he's in his mind, he's trying to protect Grizzly in a way. Do you guys think that Grizzlick needs protection in terms of, you know, tough minutes, too small, little guy, gross kind of deal? Not if he's or, next to McAvoy. No. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. That pay, those ranking, those rankings that I said to you a couple weeks ago, they were an elite pair when they were on the ice together. I don't understand. And I don't understand. I don't understand Bruins fans saying, Forward's good. Forward is good for McAvoy, actually, because it allows McAvoy to take more chances offensively. No, it allows him to take less chances offensively because he's going back. Yeah. Because Forward is some, somewhere, who the fuck knows, on that beautiful tip-in goal by the on beautiful tip-in goal by the Caps that made it 3-2. 
Oh, she just outskated him. Oh, she just Mm -hmm. outskated him. Yeah. Oh, she just, oh, she just outskated him. And Forbort was spinning like a top and that's just going to be, and that's going to be, that's going to be the pattern. Yeah. Why, why, why are we insisting on this? On a third pairing role where he can learn the structure. Cause again, He's too used to chasing the play. He's too used to it. You can see on that Oshi goal, he never should have been that far over in the first place. He's too used to chasing the play. He learns a system in a third pairing role with Clifton or whoever else you want to put with him. I'm okay with Forbort. I'm okay with it. But you are not only dragging McAvoy now, down, you're taking minutes away from Grizz, who does not deserve a third pairing role. He deserves top four easily. Mm-hmm. I it is ridiculous. The one thing I will say, three minutes into the game, we had an offensive zone faceoff, and it was a McAvoy Grizz pairing. It appears that Bruce is going to utilize that pairing when he can specify where they're starting. It's going to be heavily offensive, offensively tilted. Yes. So they they're still going to work together, which is good. Meaning Mac and Grizz. I just think they should be an all the time, all the time pairing. Because Matt Grizzlick, I think part of the thing about Matt Grizzlick last year was that he was miscast as a Krug replacement. He's not Tory Krug. He's not nearly as dynamic offensively as Tory Krug ever was, but he is a he's still a point more, producer. He's still a point. Very true. He's still a point producer. He's still a point producer, but he is a point producer who is a 200 foot defenseman on top of it. Yeah. There was a period of time, I think, last season that he led the team in points. That is, and he also he also had a forty-seven point eighty-two game pro rate last year. Yeah, did he really? Because I remember a point last year where the top line was outscoring everyone else combined. I'd have to look that up. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I, think it was, I think it was maybe among defensemen he was leading in points. Oh, I would believe. I that. think my <laughs> I think my biggest thing with the idea of putting Forbert with McAvoy or or just. If, if you're just doing it to get everybody familiar with everybody because it's all hands on deck and they're going to play matchups and just if Cassidy's going to do Cassidy things and tinker with it all season, that's one thing. Just get everybody used to playing with each other. I do not like the idea of making your first line weaker just to have a stronger third line. Mm-hmm. I want an elite line. I want a shutdown line to throw out there every single time we're playing the other team's top, top scorers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to be winning or losing five, four games all fucking season. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you won't just lean into the fact that, okay, these two guys not only play extremely well together, but from a league-wide, you heard the statistics last week from, from Andrew, league-wide, elite level, or at least a elite caliber defensive pairing. We can't throw out any better line right now. Correct. Carlo's a two. Carlo could be a one on maybe the bottom 10 teams in the yeah, league. Or, he's yeah, he's, a, he's a, a good player. He's a very good number two or a second line guy. Very good second line guy. Let's continue. I, I, I get the idea of just moving the talent down a peg, going down the ladder with it, but it's the same, same idea as like the whole pasta on the second line thing. Does it work? Are there benefits? Yes. Or let's just have the best line in hockey. Yeah. And not for nothing. It's NBA jam lineup shit. And I'm completely fine with it because it works in these situations. And not for nothing either. But if Clifton's improvements continues to 
go on the trajectory that it's continuing. I mean, I think Clifton's always going to have that kind of riverboat do something stupid once a game thing. And you know what? Fine. That's just something that we're going to have to take with his game. But if he actually improves on, continues improving on the ice the way that he is, I don't mind seeing him with floorboard. Right. Like, what if, are we doing? If I watch floorboard get 21 minutes a fucking night and Grizz <laughs> is getting 14, I am going to do nothing about it because I don't know what I can do. But I'm going to be really <laughs> upset. You have a YouTube channel. You have a platform. Yeah, I have a small platform. <laughs> is there any any way that he gets more minutes than Grizz? Like, honestly. I, but it looks like he will because you add penalty kill. Hey, yeah. we're, <laughs> we're going to give yeah. him plenty of minutes on that. I I don't get it. I will, I will lose my shit. I will I honestly lose my shit. And do not misunderstand us either. Forward has a place on this team. Yeah, And we want him to succeed so badly. I want the cup. Please, God, I want the cup. Third pairing, penalty killer, shot blocker. Do not put him on the top pair. Yeah. Stop putting him on he the top pair. He was a slightly above average defender for a terrible Winnipeg team last year. Mm-hmm. If you put him next to McAvoy, is he going to look better than he normally would? Yeah. Is this a confidence thing that they're doing in the in the preseason? Hopefully. Mm. <laughs> Um, do you guys think this is Sweeney's way to make sure that McAvoy's contract isn't too big? Stop. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I mean, we're seeing other franchises in our, in, on the East Coast doing really stupid shit to make sure that they're terrible. Don't, don't, don't say them by name. Don't uh, say it by name. Don't mm-hmm. say them by name, please. Uh, oh, my God. But it's Buffalo, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do want to. I do want to say, Andrew Clifton was really good this preseason. He did have a. He was my biggest league, surprise of the preseason. But he, I am really happy with the consistency he showed, which is so rare uh, from him. But he took the playoff Cliffy hockey and brought it into Just the preseason. About to say that. Let's see if he can keep it going. I'm so okay with him being our 60. He's such a likable dude because of his effort in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like that's that's. That's Bruins hockey, man. Like that's why we watched. He also Joe, had a Joe Bruins hockey. He also had a Bruins hockey as fuck quote earlier in the preseason, where they asked him about his his place on the team, and he goes, "I've played everywhere. I don't care where I am as long right. as I'm playing." Mm-hmm. Right. He gets it, man. Mm-hmm. He I'm, understands I'm really, it. He understood the assignment. He's he's really winning me over after a season of just getting so frustrated with him. I'm really, really rooting for the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Same. How old is he now? 26. Yeah, this is this is the time. Yeah, he's he's about at his prime. Remember last week we said we did. God doesn't know who Connor Clifton is. Maybe this year God will find out. Maybe we just if look if he's playoff Cliffy, then great. Mm-hmm. If that's who he is, mm-hmm. I can handle one bad game every week or every every two weeks. But I like, was going to say now would, that'd be some game, some weeks where we play two games. Yeah. <laughs> so last year it was every other game. He did something that cost us at least one goal. And I was tearing my hair out. Hmm. He had a lot of it to do so with. Yeah. Yeah. Thinner now though. 26. Yeah. He is only 26. Yep. Nice. 26 on a two year, two years left on a three year deal. And I believe he's making 1 million. Yep. Just a mil. Mm-hmm. Oh, just yeah. a mil. 
Just a mill. <laughs> yeah. Non-variable contract either. It's a mill no matter where he plays. Good for him. You know what? That's all we need. And if he keeps playing like this and Cassidy wakes up from his fever dream and realizes what he needs to do <laughs> and puts forward on the third pair with Clifton, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Forward Clifton it would could be a good third pair. Yeah. And I think that line, like that designation for them, is a fair amount of minutes mm-hmm. that come with it for yep. their for their caliber. So fifteen to seventeen minutes a night, some yep. penalty killing. Yep. Boom. That's all you need. Fine with it. Mm-hmm. So the final cuts coming up. Do you see any surprises? I think it's kind of cut and dry on what we're gonna see, but mm-hmm. no, I think the team we saw uh, for the last game is, is it that's mm-hmm. that's the team we're going to the season with the odd guy out that's in the booth is probably Zaboral is probably sitting up as a healthy scratch I could see that uh, and then either Olmark or Swayman's on the bench so Bruins like to run 13-8-2 and two as their kind of designation so who's the 13th for it is it Wagner or Kuhlman Stadnika no, he goes down to Providence. Um, That's right. It's, it's Wagner because they don't like Kuhlman for some reason. They don't like his face, I'm telling you. God, it's a, just a hideous look. God. Kevin O'Keefe, uh, after he heard that comment on last week's pod, texted me with Sloth's picture and said, I found Kuhlman from I Sloth for my face. It's very so. true. The guy was not blessed with looks. No, he was he was unburdened with good looks. But, but I would see Y'all Kuhlman are just mean. Down. Yeah, I mean, this was mean. Coleman <laughs> and Bleed will likely get sent down, I yeah. believe. So here's my question about Coleman and Bleed. Bleed's not going to get claimed. Like that's no. he he's he's sub they're subject to waivers. Bleed's not going to get claimed claimed. Though I will say, I did some digging on statistically. Bleed outpossessed, outchanced, out hit, and outshot. Trent Frederick in this Good postseason. For him. Good for him. He is a bucket emptier in every sense of the word. He's not an NHL player, but he's going to give you everything he fucking has. And I like that about him. Which is weird because you never notice him on the fucking ice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every time, bl- third period, halfway through. Oh, shit. Bleeds in this game. <laughs> <laughs> but Bleeds, I'm going to get claimed. Mm. What about what about Kuhlman? Do you think Kuhlman has a shot? Because I, I, Kuh- I think Kuhlman has legitimate fourth line talent mm-hmm. i think 12 coolmans <laughs> i think 12 coolmans in the past week have been waived uh if he goes fine whatever like i like coolman i do but i feel like every team has a coolman that has gotten waived mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fair i think yeah that's fair that is fair he has a great he has a great shot and good speed i don't know what the fuck cassidy hates about him other he than is his face. Really fast. That mm. guy does fly when he's, he's on very, the very fast. I don't think he knows how to stop. He's like that guy in uh, Mighty Ducks. Yeah. <laughs> like you see him fly up the ice and before you see him stop, the camera just pans back because the puck's going the other way usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's his issue. I think that's his issue. He's very fast and he's got a absolute pill for a wrist shot. He really does. Yeah. I don't think he knows how to create it. I don't think he knows how to create the create space for that shot. 
Oh, I think that's his issue. The, you, the list of guys who can create space in the NHL is a yeah. very small list. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's a really hard thing to do to create for oneself. It is. It is. But I think that's his main issue. Yeah. And if that's your main issue, then what's holding you back? Yeah. Other than your face. Other than your face. <laughs> God, it's bad. Yeah. It's tough. So so he's <laughs> he's probably out. Uh, what about uh, Senny going on waivers? Now we 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 his the question's been answered for him, but any thoughts? That's a shame. Anyway, next topic. <laughs> so, is he just a Coolman clone waiting to happen? Like yeah. that's is that where we are with him? Senny? Yeah. Mm. Fast has a nice little wrist shot when he uses it. Mm-hmm. Can't create space for himself. Falls behind the play in weird ways because it's not really the IQ isn't there. Yeah, I have a I have, I have an interesting projection for him. Once this experiment in Boston runs out and he's able to go wherever he wants. He wins Next the year. heart. <laughs> <laughs> we both clip that. Joke. Clip that. <laughs> Fucking clip that. No, Swiss League All-Star. Okay. I think he's the kind of guy who could go to Europe and fucking kill it. Yeah. Great so I'm never going to hear his name again, yeah. huh? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just never going to. Nope. <laughs> They're going to send out a Swiss League All-Star. Or, like, oh, or, 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 or KHL All-Star. Here's Ryan the problem. Spooner's doing it. If that happens, all of the fucking Bruins fans like, why couldn't he make it work here? Like, because it's that's the exact not the same NHL. Thing with Peter it's the it's, same thing with every dude. Every dude. <laughs> Jacob Forsbacka Carlson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're God. talking about, we're talking about guys who basically would have been career AHLers if we just hung on to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Disappointments. Yeah. But again, like, like you said earlier in the podcast, not every first rounder makes the draft or makes, yeah. makes the team, makes the NHL. So it, sometimes we fall in love with these minor league dudes who we want to see more out of, who have this skill set and they just can't put it together. There's mm-hmm. a very limited amount of people who can make the NHL. We're talking about less than a thousand of the best in the fucking world who get to play the NHL yeah. for for a fucking living. So, yeah. it's if you can it's play, a, they'll find you. Yeah, yeah. You can live under a rock, but if you can if you can skate, you'll get more chances than yeah. not. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing too. And I think I think that's partly why Senny is still hanging around. He's yeah. got wheels, but there's there's something there. But the the deal the deal that he's on right now kind of tells me that they're not expecting they're just they're just hoping at this yeah. point so yeah. is kind of is what it is we we know what we're getting out of him and i, I don't think it's any surprise that he went on waivers so mm-hmm. not at all anyway <laughs> coil i, I don't want to go ahead i don't want to spend a lot of time on coil cuz it's this is cut and dry he looked exactly how he does when he's playing his best. He's yep. possessing the puck. He's finding space. He's feeding the guys around him. Hall is not relying on Coyle at all to create his plays. He's just getting open. That is exactly what we want to see. I'm super comfortable with him as 2C. Yep. Mm-hmm. No complaints whatsoever for me. You're like, I don't know if, if he's fully gelled with Hall either. I think that might take a little bit of time. But man, like individual effort-wise... Could you ask Coyle to do any more than he did in the last couple games? Honestly. But all he has to do is be the puck possession guy with two two guys who drive play in different ways. Yeah. That is a 
if you just take their play styles together, that's a those are three puzzle pieces that snap together with the way that they play. Yeah, I'm Hall's happy. A, Hall's a great playmaker who can also score. Craig Smith is a it, it, Craig Smith is a sniper, an assassin. Just shoot the puck, shoot the puck, shoot the puck. All Coyle has to do is just create the space, use his body, do what he do, Coyle things. And that can, and it can work. And that's basically like holding the fort. That's all he's got to do is hold the fort in that situation. He doesn't have to be the main focus of that line. Just be part of a hole. That's it. Yep. Regular season's coming up, boys. Real hockey. Real, real hockey. So there are seven games in October. Where do we need to be for you to feel good about the start of the season come November 1st? Because we have games against the Stars, at the Flyers, at the Dumpster Fire, home against the Sharks, at the Panthers, at the Hurricanes, and then home against the Panthers again. I want to clarify that it's the Eastern Dumpster Fire, not the Western Dumpster Fire. Just want to be very, very clear about that. Uh, I feel good. Western Dumpster Fire is one single player, actually. That's Evander Kane. But go on. That's a fair point, too. All right. Now we're getting complicated. Now, so there's a couple of really good teams in there. The Panthers, Hurricanes stick out. Stars, I think, are underrated. But in all honesty, if we can get through this, with a three and four record, I don't even need us to have a winning record out of October with all the new pieces, all the new pieces gelling together. The bottom six, obviously are the bottom six is probably going to give up a bad goal or two to start the season. They're not all like synced yet. We have a lot of guys that are probably going to start on the slower side. If we can get through the first seven games, 10 games without doing too much damage, I'm okay. The division being what it is, we can't go 15 games of 500 hockey. Mm-hmm. But the first seven, if we sit around 500, I feel good about it. I'm, I'm going to say a little bit over 500. So 14 points on the table. Nine. Mm-hmm. Get nine, I'll feel good about it. I'm not I, – I need it to be a little bit better than 500 just looking at the teams that we're playing. Like, You should beat the Sabres. Mm-hmm. That's two points. Sharks should be two points. Hurricanes, if they don't get the fucking two points out of, I'm going to lose my shit personally. <laughs> I think the stars are at least beatable. Mm-hmm. Home opener. So right there, I'm looking at eight points. Yeah. Get one more. Take a point yeah. out of the Flyers. Take a point out of the Panthers. Then I'm in good shape. Uh, if if they're below 500 coming out of this, I'm not going to smash the panic button because we've seen really hot starts of the season. We've also seen very slow starts of the season where you still make the fucking playoffs. So I'm, I'm not going to hit the panic button, but I, in order for me to feel good as this question was posed, I need nine points. Same. Nine, ten points. Yep. I have an eight-game rule in general, which I put up last year after we didn't score an even-strength goal for three games to start the season. <laughs> oh, my God. That was hard times. And it's Against the, whole, the Devils, by the way. Two of those games against the Devils. Don't. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> it still holds true. I think it's, I think eight games is a good rule to have and I'll, I'll feel good with, I'll feel good with nine Thomas. That's a, that's a good number. I'll feel good with nine points. Cool. Yeah. I just knowing I understand your logic with that though, Ian, I'm really curious how they, we already talked about this, so we don't have to go back into it, but how they platoon the goalies for, for this first stretch of games, Mm -hmm. we have a fair mix of away and home. 
it just should be really interesting. And I'm really hoping for at very least a healthy start to the season. Mm-hmm. How long it takes Stadnika to get into a game though, probably depends on that first injury. It should be really interesting to see how quickly they pull the trigger on a struggling player to put Stadnika in. Because again, he was better than anyone in our bottom six during the preseason, mm-hmm. including Foligno and Haula and, and Nosek, all the new guys. But you just can't, you can't not have those guys in your starting night roster. Historically, I've never really been too high on Stadnika. He deserves a spot on this team right now. Yeah. Like, you, have to, you have to be able to admit that whether you like a player or not. And I'm not saying like, I dislike this player. I just was never super impressed with how he was able to put it together from a consistency basis. Mm-hmm. He looked really good in the preseason. I want to see him in. I want to see him in meaningful hockey games. He's earned a spot on this team, but yep. it's just going to be sad when he doesn't get it opening night. He's earned a spot on the team opening night, and yeah, I think he it, will it, play this year. Yeah, I would love to be no a fly doubt. on the wall in that conversation between him and Cassidy. Yeah. Like, he's there's no doubt about it. Like, he's not going to just walk into the office and be like, "You're going down to Providence," or "This is happening. This is happening. This is why." Like, I feel like he's going to get a huge vote of confidence from Cassidy and be like, this is literally business business. The the business of hockey is why this move is happening. And without throwing other players under the bus, he's going to make sure that he knows that his expectations for the preseason were met. If not, he would have made the team last year. If he played like this, I think that would have made the team in the third line. I think that's a very strong possibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the biggest compliment I can give him is there's not a single player who looked like they wanted it more through the preseason. That guy worked his ass off in those games. Mm-hmm. It was incredible to watch. Even when he wasn't doing well, he was putting his head down and going to work. He That goal against the Flyers where he is flying through the air with that little tilt with the stick on the ice, mm-hmm. completely, almost completely horizontal like that. And Jack Sonica, the new Bobby Orr, right here, started it, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I couldn't, I couldn't pass that up. I, oh I, my think, God. I think you just, you might have just made certain people hate him yeah. just by making but, that comment. Yeah. Maybe I did. Sorry, Good stop. job. Good Sorry, job, buddy. everyone. Sorry. All right, boys. Um, yeah. Future Thomas editing this pod. Hit the music. No. 60 times. <laughs> no. Yes. It's, it's fucking four in the morning, boys. We don't need to do this. <laughs> they don't know. They'll believe it. They don't know. I, I have to, uh, guys, I have to do this because Thomas had one and Ian had one. Now it's my turn. It's your preseason short 60. Mm-hmm. Let's fucking go, uh, buddy. There's a joke in there that I didn't. I'm not gonna go with. It's Shut fine. your mouth. I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. Who's going first? It's Ian. Uh- <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> gotta bring the low quality. Here we go. You got your timer right. up. I got the timer up. You guys ready? Yep. Yep. Ugh, barely. All right. And here we go. You get 10 minutes to sit with any Bruins Hall of Famer. Who are you sitting with and why? Uh, Ray Bork, I just, I want to know what his thought process was that whole last season, getting the cup. I I want that whole story. Love that answer. Awesome. You get to call a classic playoff game of the last 20 years, but it doesn't involve the Bruins. What game are you calling? Oh no, like as a referee or as like a broadcaster? Broadcaster. 
Oh God, um, a classic one in the last 20 years. Uh, and it doesn't involve the Bruins. This is so tough. Mm, I am gonna go with I'm blanking. I can't think of a fucking game. <laughs> you can pass. <laughs> I'm going to pass this. I'm going to answer another rebound. You are GM for the day for your second team. You can make whatever move you want, but it cannot benefit Boston. What move do you pull the trigger on and why? <laughs> for my second team, that's the Avs. What do they need? Ah. <laughs> oh, no. I did so poorly. God, I can't. I'm just blanked on a It's, a it's four in the morning, so. It's- yeah. <laughs> A classic game. You get to well, call a classic playoff game in the last 20 years that does not involve the Bruins. I'm what assuming I'm assuming you're not giving me that question, so my answer would probably be the Rangers winning in 94. I was giving you that question. Yours yours was different on the first one. Okay. Oh so fuck. In 94, <laughs> that's that's he cheated. That's like 30 years ago. That is 30 years. That's that's 20 years. It's gotta be 20 years. For point of reference, mine is the five-minute major game between Vegas and San Jose. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting to call. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. I don't have a quick brain. <laughs> Clip that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so stupid. All right, also, okay. a move for the Avs would be so hard. Seriously. Like an actual move for them. How about like, a backup I, goaltender that doesn't hurt himself when he breathes? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's rude, but sure. <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> He's out for four weeks again. <laughs> All right. That's the worst performance we've had on a short 60 so far. This is, this is fun. How fun. <laughs> All right, Thomas, you ready? Yep, yep. All right. And here we go. You get 10 minutes to spend with any hockey Hall of Famer that's not a Bruin. Who are you spending it with and why? Mm, I guess Gretzky because he owns a distillery and I really fucking like whiskey and most brown liquor. Ah, I love that answer. Mm. You get to you get to be play-by-play for a classic playoff game in the last 20 years that doesn't involve Boston. Who, what game are you calling and why? Mm, I don't like this question because immediately jumping in my head is the the Rangers series because it was just it was honestly like the first time I got really into a, a Stanley Cup final but um I would one. maybe maybe the last time the Red Wings won because that was uh, that was a hell of a series that? that was a great fucking series I can't remember the year right now but GM for the day your second team one day Who, what what move are you making for them and why second team I would love to be the GM of the Buffalo Sabres and just do anything fucking logical at this point because that fan base deserves <laughs> so much more than they're getting, dude. Like, it's literally, they're they're doing shit. I'm sorry we're talking about the Sabres now and I don't fucking care that we're over 60, <laughs> 60 seconds here, but like, honestly, that, that franchise deserves so much more than they're getting and I swear to God, they're just doing shit to challenge their own fan base. Mm-hmm. What would like, you do for the Preds, though? Yeah, we know the Preds are your second team. What would you do for them? I think they're kind of on the cusp of a complete rebuild. Blow it up, yes. Yes. So yes. probably blow it up, honestly. <laughs> I'm not in love with Saros. I think he's a very good goaltender, but I don't know if he's necessarily like a Stanley Cup caliber player. Right. Like, I don't know wow. if he's the Stanley Cup winner. Do do love his game, and if anybody was going to unseat Pekka at the end of Pekka's long fucking great run there, like one of, one of the best runs in recent NHL memory. He was there for, it feels like, 
20 fucking years playing really good hockey. Always felt unbeatable. He always, always felt unbeatable. And got no fucking credit from a national standpoint. His yeah. run in 2016 leading up to the finals was yeah. absolutely insane. He yeah. was otherworldly. I was really so was. mad at the referees in that series. Like Sidney Crosby could do no wrong that entire time. The blowing the whistle too early when the puck went in the net, like that kind of shit was driving me nuts. Mm -hmm. I look that was biased as well, but oh, yeah. I was going. I obviously I enjoyed that series because it was getting to see the Preds. Granted, it was the year that I left for moving back up to New England. So, oh. so watching because it was 2017 is when the Stanley Cup was. It's the 2016 2017 season. Do we have to ship you out of Boston? Watching, to make sure yeah. Well, I mean, the year <laughs> the, the year that I left, the year that I moved down to Nashville was when Bruins won the Cup, and then I leave. Oh Nashville. God! I left Nashville, and then Nashville goes to the Cup, and I was like, man, they might win this shit because of me. Can you move back to Nashville? If, <laughs> if if they're making a deep run, I might have to move. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a, oh, by the way, I, I can't believe it's not the last 20 years, but I can't believe I didn't think of this. The 1999 triple overtime foot in the crease goal. Okay. That's uh, what I want to uh, I can't believe I didn't think, like, it's such a hard question to answer when you're really done because you're like uh, uh, a game between someone, not Bruins. I believe this is within the last 20 years. I, I have to, I have to remember the year, but I believe it was 2002. The five overtime game, Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia. Oh my God. That was primo game winning goal ended at two, like started at 7, p 7 p.m. and it ended at like 2 30 in the morning. Something like that. To be fair, hmm? I was nine years old. So <laughs> there's still some of those memories are still a little foggy. <laughs> I, 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 I would have loved to have called that game just to be just to just to have the endurance test of being in there for so long. I'd That's struggle. Fair. I know I would. That's a long fucking time. Well, it's four thirty in the morning. <laughs> I just want to say I'm glad that I was able to put it together enough tonight to rejoin the podcast because we're now just a week away from regular season hockey. Let's fucking and go. it was really not fun to not be on the podcast with you guys. So. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, Andrew. I've got 60 seconds for you, my friend. Oh, he got him! Fucking kids are out here dabbing on the hillside. Let's do this. <laughs> no! The, the I kids still thought dab. I had you! You the ready? Kids, that's why you didn't tell us in advance, because you didn't want Thomas pulling this shit. <laughs> ah, you sneaky bastard. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. Your sugar mama got you airfare and accommodations to see the Bruins on the road anywhere you choose. Where are you heading and why? I'm going to the new arena in Seattle and watching the Kraken. Love it. Would love to do that because I love Seattle too. Boston Bruins are hosting another outdoor game, but they cannot use Fenway or Gillette. Where are they playing the game? Harvard Stadium. Such a cheap answer. It really is, but it's that old school feel, man. That's all right. I, I, I can't get enough of it. Linus Olmark is sitting at a bar quietly crushing some adult beverages. What is he drinking and what are you going to say to him? He's crushing some long drink in, in honor of uh, Tuka Rask and I say, good choice, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. NHL goes into a lockout at the end of the season and we decide to cover something other than hockey. What is it? Baseball. Okay. I get back into baseball. <laughs>
Gross. Gross. I thought for sure we were going to go into uh, late 80s, early 90s pro wrestling. Yes, there you go. Ooh, okay. I actually, I'd like to change my answer. I would yeah. honestly, I would listen to a podcast that did that, and I hope somebody listening to this steals this idea. You go back and watch old, like '90s pro wrestling, and then report on it like it's brand new. Like I would be, <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior just got put in a casket by Undertaker. <laughs> I um, I want to put a little two cents on those questions. I want to go watch the Wild. Oh, you play. don't. You don't have uh, no, to, I, you don't have I to give to. me the two cents. I, I want to. Because I'm going to start the timer right now. You ready? No, I want to answer his, but I don't want to, do I have to answer the I'll same give you the one? same fucking questions. You ready? Uh, I don't have any specifics for the arena, but let's do it. Boom. NHL goes into a lockout at the end of the season. What are we covering? Oh, we're going backwards. Damn it. Um, we are covering, uh, we're collecting jerseys. All of us are now jersey collectors. That's what we're covering. <laughs> you better be bankrolling that we shit. Have, yeah, well, he's bankrolling and, and nobody's listening. <laughs> Your sugar mama got you airfare to any arena. Who are you going to see on the road? I want to go see the wild. I want to yeah. see Kaprizov go nuts. I want to hear that arena. Give me a better answer than Harvard here. Where are we hosting another uh, Winter Classic? Is there a great place in Maine to do it? Because I feel like they deserve it. God, how awesome would be up there? Would it be up there? I'd love it on a frozen lake up there. That'd be great. Yes, fuck yeah. Linus? No, I'm not giving you all, Mark. Fuck that. Okay, okay. Coyle is sitting at a bar crushing the toll beverages. What do you say to him? Uh, I say... I say I'm sorry <laughs> for all the bad things. I was wrong. <laughs> He's drinking old fashions, looking down on me, looking huge. Uh, yeah, I say I'm sorry. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Uh, man, I Boys. don't know Maine. I, I do but... not care what you say, Thomas. Harvard's a good answer. <laughs> I just love to see a frozen lake is such a great idea. Mm. I really thought that's what we were going to get out of uh, th- this past year. When they yeah, the Flyers, Lake Tahoe one. Yeah, like yeah. I really thought that's kind of what they were going to go for because you don't like there's no fans. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be able to pull it off, like we 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 pull off fucking pond hockey tournaments where there's 30 rinks out on the ice in Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can you can get the weight out there. You can get a scaffold with a fucking cameraman on it. it doesn't need to be pretty. Just do something cool. But at the same time, we're we're back to open air stadiums and, and arenas with with full capacity. So we're probably not going to see anything as cool as that one off like that we got last year. The sun was a killer though. They really it, did it not was. think about the sun. <laughs> it was. And how honestly, did they not, how did that? Well, they got one of like the nicest, clearest days. They were probably True. banking on that not being the case, but I wish it was snowing. Oh God. Yeah. Do I wish it was snowing. Mm, I no, just want to watch a professional hockey game in the snow again. Oh, it's yeah. so cool. Have you been uh, either of you guys been to a winter classic? No, no, can't afford it. Yeah, I, same. Yeah. I I got to go to the uh, Sabres Rangers one and froze my fucking privates directly off. Oh, it was, did you get them reattached? Was there a I, surgery? Yes, 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 yes. That was very expensive without medical insurance at that point. More expensive but. than the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the ticket was free. The universe always balances itself out. (laughs) You know, I've always wanted to ask this, though. Was it worth it, though? Or were you too far from the ice? Uh, We were we were over home plate in the top deck. So we actually had a decent view, but it it really wasn't like the ideal thing. It was more about the the idea of being in the stadium and watching. And I was there with Jamie, who is a Sabres fan, and he bought an Eichel jersey uh, before Eichel decided to change his number. So he got an out of date jersey basically right off the bat. It's just... New team, who dis? 
No, yeah. Their fans can't win, man. Their fans no. just can't win. No. Brutal. 15 wins, though. I'm 14. You. Get it right. No, no we're, I'm we're pulling for 15. 15. <laughs> I'm pulling for Andrew to be right because the fucking content will be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, he, did, have you seen the analytics? They're all saying 29, 30, 28 wins. It's 82 games to lose. I, I want to turn around and like, they're saying 29, 30. And it's just like, you mean points, right? Like, right. <laughs> I mean, I would hammer the under on that. Yeah. Hammer it. Yeah. Yeah. It's as much as I don't want to admit that it's possible 14, 15 wins with what they're doing, even this fucking week, it looks more and more possible, but it's, it can't be possible. Right. Like, honestly, like, a team can't be that bad, right? It, it they just seems cut impossible. their backup goaltender. Their new backup is Dustin Tukarski. He of 47 games of NHL experience, above three GAA, and 32 years old, mostly career AHLer. And their starter is Craig Anderson. Yeah, that's going to get really, mess. really bad. It's a mess. I just want to find their odds for over-under, like... Oh, I'd no. put a tenor. I would put a tenor on that. Yeah. Whatever it is. I can't, I can't imagine right the now. payoff being great, but <laughs> yeah. their odds to win the cup are plus 20,000. Mm. So I'll put a tenor on. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, their odds. No, that can't be right. Their odds to win the division are worse than their odds to win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, Shows how strong somebody, the Atlantic is. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in Vegas is just putting money on them sneaking as a wild card and making a real run. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Jesus. Maybe they're just positioning themselves to sign uh, Tuka Rask for a Stanley Cup run. This is now a cursed recording. <laughs> God, what are we doing? I'm thinking. I'm thinking next week. We're going to have to do a little bit of predictions. We're going to have to start getting a little bit a little bit competitive with each other, I think. I think so, too. And uh, I think we might have our first guest. First guest bum, of the season. Bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Tune in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Go Bees! Go Bees! Yeah. <laughs>